Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hello, everyone. Long time no talk. Psych, I recorded like five podcasts in the last week. Well, four. In case you didn't know, you didn't see in your feeds, I had my regular Sunday episode. On Tuesday, I released a podcast about the Duggars. It was a special uh, Patreon-commissioned episode. I thought it was great. I've gotten a lot of great comments about it. I saw a comment that somebody said they just listened to it twice in a row because they didn't want it to be over, which is like (laughs) the nicest thing anybody could ever say. I love doing it. Um, I know I got a lot of like, are you going to cover this in the Duggars uh, podcast episode after I had announced it? And to be honest, like, (laughs) there was so much Duggar, like there's so much Duggar that I, I feel like we barely scratched the surface. You know, Lindsay and I talked for two hours. I thought it was a great conversation. But there's still so, so much left to talk about. Uh, Some people have asked me to do another episode about it, but I probably will never (laughs) unless you want to commission an episode for Patreon. If you want to do that, uh, hit me up. But it's just, this isn't a Duggar podcast. I love talking about it. It's fun to talk about it. But I don't know, maybe for like a bonus episode many years in the future, I will do one. But yeah, we barely scratch the surface just because there's so much Duggar history. Uh, I've seen some people say, like, we need more Duggar podcasts, and I totally agree. I think having a Duggar podcast would be hard because I'm not exactly sure how you would produce it. Like, there's so much Duggar content, but at the same time, I think it would be hard to, um, I don't know how you would frame the show. Like, Teen Mom is easy because, like, each week I talk about a Teen Mom episode, and but the Duggar episodes are, like, too boring to recap, in my opinion. Like, ten times worse than Teen Mom, which is saying a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to start a Duggar podcast, I definitely recommend it uh, because I think there is a need for it. I did see that there is one. Somebody suggested me one, and I'm going to listen to it. But, you know, one is not enough. Anyway, so I did my regular episode, my Duggar episode, and then if you're a patron... Princess and I did like a two and a half hour because, of course, because it's Princess and I, we did like a two and a half hour episode on Cheer, the Netflix documentary, docu-series, I guess. I thought that was a really great episode as well. I love talking about the show Cheer. I'm a real cheerleading head in general, which is probably something that most people don't realize because why would anybody know that? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we talked all about basically the way that we did that episode was we kind of just went through like the main characters and talked about them and our thoughts and feelings on it. Uh, I definitely saw we accidentally left some stuff out, but you know, such is life. So yeah, if you're not a patron, go sign up on the $5 level. You can find the link in my Instagram bio, feathers underscore pod, and you can listen to us talk about cheer. There's also like a ton of bonus episodes on there by Troy and Princess and They're really fun and worth listening to, especially Troy's, like, Real Housewives recaps. Love them. 
anyway, that's my housekeeping, if you will. Oh, also, I want to announce to everyone that I probably will be changing the theme song for this show. Um, we are relaunching our, like, podcast network, and I have to record a new intro, and I don't know if I still have access to, um, like, the raw music that I used for this. Uh, so I might be changing the music, and I know everybody loves my, and I'm Liz Bentley, voice thing that I do, and no, I'm not changing it because I've gotten bullied about it, which I have. (laughs) I've gotten a lot of comments about how bitchy I sound when I say my name in the intro. (laughs) I'm changing it because I'm being forced to. If I had it my way, I would literally never, ever change the intro or the outro because I don't ever listen to them. (laughs) So I don't care how they sound. So yeah, just a heads up that that's going to be happening soon. If you guys didn't notice, I got a new logo design, which I'm really feeling. I'm really happy about it. So yeah, big, big things coming your way. Anyway, hi, how is everyone? Not that much went on in Team Momland this week, but we did find out that on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, uh, Nate got admitted to a psych hospital for a little bit, only like five hours. Apparently, Doris, his mom, accidentally hit his car in her driveway and Nate like flipped the fuck out about it and called the police on her and the police came and they're like well there's like nothing we can do about this this was on private property um I'm assuming they're probably like you just call your insurance your insurance will handle it this isn't a police matter so I guess Nathan flipped out he locked Doris out of the house and like that's Doris's house Uh, Apparently, Kaiser was there for the whole thing. Eventually, he let Doris back in, and then he left saying he was going to kill himself and drove away. And Doris then called the police because, obviously, she was frantic because he was threatening suicide. And then the police found him, and he cooperated with them and agreed to go to the hospital. And then he was released after five hours because I guess he wasn't uh, actually actively suicidal, which is a good thing. Um that whatever meltdown he had was obviously not a good thing, but I don't think any of us want Nate to be suicidal. Um, Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) It's not good that Kaiser was there. If you'll remember, I think I talked about on the podcast that Nate and Ashley had unfollowed each other for a little bit, like right around New Year's, and Nate was posting weird stuff, but then all of a sudden they were like back together and everything was fine for their vacation. Like, that they took like a week after New Year's. So I was like, oh, they must have had a fight and broke up again and they're back together. I personally think Nate and Ashley break up a lot. Um, I think that Ashley isn't the type to put that shit online so we don't see it. But I think her and Nate probably break up quite a bit. I mean, just based on his behavior, I can't imagine it to be any other way. They also seem, at least people on Reddit notice, and then I'll go check to like follow and unfollow each other a lot. I think they, Nate and Ashley have a lot of issues Um, I'd be very curious to hear what she had to say about this situation. It's obviously extremely concerning. Um, Some people asked me if they thought, if I thought that Janelle was the one who leaked this story to TMZ. And my answer is yes. (laughs) Because it came out like almost three weeks after it happened. And Janelle was like posting some shit like everyone will see the truth soon and then like this story happened to come out so yeah I think it really did happen I mean TMZ like spoke to the police who confirmed it but I think Janelle is the one that tipped off the media about it which is fucked up of course it's fucked up 
speaking of, Janelle put out a Q&A on YouTube. She released it yesterday and they, I can't speak. She released it yesterday and then like immediately deleted it like after 10 minutes and then re-uploaded it tonight. It's Friday night. I'm recording early because I'm going out of town. Well, that sounds dramatic. I'm like going to DC for Saturday night. It's my best friend's birthday and I'm getting us a hotel away from her kids. It's going to be so nice. But uh, Janelle re-uploaded the video. It's like 30 minutes long. So I watched most of it, not all of it. And then I also read a detailed recap on Reddit (laughs) because I'm a true journalist. Basically in the video, Janelle says... (laughs) Somebody's like, are you and Nathan getting along? And she's like, well, we were, we were co-parenting, but now we're not because Nate likes me and wants to be with me and I don't want to be with him, (laughs) which is a crazy thing to say. Nate went on Instagram stories tonight, and this is what he posted, I'm assuming as a response. I'm going to read it for you. First, he posted the definition to illness and evil. (laughs) And then he said, offending someone, belittling someone. Judging, gossip, engaging in unnecessary conflict, etc. When you voluntarily try to affect someone or yourself directly or indirectly in a negatively way, you are directly being immorally wrong, evil. To think projecting negativity in this world and justifying your actions to a point you do not see fault in your actions, then you have become ill. Now, does this make sense? Oh, What he's trying to say, I'm assuming, if I put my, you know, my Nate translator cap on, I think what he's trying to say is, like, why the fuck are you trying to fuck up my life like this? Like, first you release the story that I know is you, and now you're saying that I'm trying to get with you when you know I have a girlfriend. I'm sure Ashley was not pleased to see this. (laughs) If I was Ashley, I would be pissed, like, piss-pissed if I saw some... If I saw Janelle, like, saying that Nate likes me. Like, that's a bold statement to just, like, make on your YouTube. Like, oh, yeah, Nate likes me and wants to be with me. (laughs) Now, what do I think really happened with Nate and Janelle? Like I said, I think Nate and Ashley break up all the time. I think Nate is, as I've said one million times on here, I think Nate is, like, a blackout alcoholic. And I can absolutely see, like, Nate texting Janelle... Or, like, trying to hang out with Janelle. Maybe they've hooked up, even hooked up. Like, I can absolutely see Nate telling Janelle that he likes her and he wants to be with her. And we should just try and make this work. Uh, At times when he's, like, fighting with Ashley. Or even not fighting with Ashley. I mean, we know Nate cheats. Like, he cheated all the time on Janelle. Like, we know he's a person that cheats. He cheated on his ex-girlfriend, Brianna, to get with Janelle. Like, we know he's a cheater. So, I believe this to be true Kind of. I don't believe that Janelle would, like, say no to it. That's what I don't believe. (laughs) Like, it doesn't make sense to me that Janelle would be like, no, Nate, I just want to co-parent. I know you want to be with me, but I just want to co-parent. Like, I don't think that that's the case. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see it happening. I wouldn't be surprised if Janelle and Nate have maybe hooked up a couple times since she left David. Yeah, and I think that right now she's mad at Nate for some reason. Maybe she's mad at Nate for, like, fully getting back with Ashley and going on that vacation. So she decided to leak that story to TMZ and to um, make a YouTube video in which she says that Nate likes her and wants to be with her. (laughs) 
it's just wild. It's like, that's just a wild fucking thing to get on Al Gore's internet and be like, my baby's dad, who's fucking in a relationship with someone else, like, wants to be my boyfriend. Ay, ay, ay. Also in the video, she talked about therapy. She said she's been going to therapy since November, which, if true, that's great. Although she says, like, she doesn't actually go to physical appointments that often, but they have video sessions. She is full-time watching Ensley because Ensley isn't old enough to be in school, and I guess she's not in daycare either, which makes me nervous for Ensley. Uh, I'm getting a little concerned about Ensley's speech. It's very, very hard to understand anything she says. And she turned, actually, I think her birthday was today. She turned three today. And that's still, like, in the range of normal, but I don't know. I think we can all agree that Janelle is not uh, spending appropriate time trying to de- help Ensley develop. So I'm a little, you know, I think I think all of us have a healthy fear of for what Ensley is going through. And the idea of Janelle being anybody's full-time parent is very scary to me. Uh, she's never been any of her kids' full-time parents. When she was with Nate, Nate did most of the parenting. And then as soon as she got with David, David did most of the parenting of the kids. I think that this is the first time in Janelle's life that she's spending a lot of time parenting. And I hope she has it under control. Oh, also, she said the weirdest fucking thing. Somebody was like, do you want to have more kids? And she goes, well, my tubes are tied, but, you know, maybe in, like, 10 years. And then she laughs, and she's like, no, maybe in, like, three or four I want to have more kids. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, it made no sense. She said her tubes were tied and then was like, yeah, I might want to have more kids. It's like, well, what, are you going to go get a reverse? Can you get a reversal? I think you can. But, like, that's... I don't know. It was kind of crazy. She is still claiming to have her tubes tied, so I guess that's good that she, like, won't have an accidental pregnancy or is much less likely to have an accidental accidental pregnancy. Uh, she also says that she's not back with David. She's not planning on getting back with David. She saw him that one time. Uh, they barely even spent that much time together. She said that she's not actually wearing her engagement ring. She just, like, was cleaning out her car one day and found it and then took a picture with Kaiser and posted it. And everybody was like, oh, my God, you're wearing your engagement ring. I think Janelle is mostly full of shit. I think there is an extremely good chance that she's back with David. Um, I do think, though, she's going to stay in Tennessee for a while. I'd be pretty surprised if I ever see her go back to land. I think she hates that land. I think now that she's, like, back to living in the suburbs, she's, like, so thrilled that she can just, like, easily go to Starbucks and go to Target. Like, she said her last house was an hour away from Starbucks. Like, that's tough. I think she's not interested in country living anymore. So I would bet she stays either in Tennessee or maybe moves back to the Wilmington area. I would be really shocked if she ever went back to the land. She definitely is like, I'm single, I'm single, I'm single throughout this whole thing. But, like, Janelle's a fucking liar. (laughs) You know, like, Janelle tells lies I will say she seemed, like, decently clear-headed in this, I guess is a word for it. But, I don't know, Janelle, when she just, like, sits and speaks at a camera is, like, very unnerving to me, I guess is a way to put it. Um, She makes me nerd. Like, I don't, her affect is bizarre. Like, it's not... It's not well, and I do understand it's, like, hard for a lot of people to just, like, sit and look at a camera and speak to it and, like, interact with it and be normal, and I'm sure if I, I mean, it's one thing for me to talk on my podcast, but, like, 
if anybody like saw the way that I was positioned right now in my bed, <laughs> they'd be like, you look insane. So I can't imagine like sitting up, getting my hair, like getting my hair and makeup right and like my outfit and like staring right into the camera. I feel like I would be self-conscious and maybe my affect would be weird, but I think her affect is weird all of the time. So I don't know. Uh, she also, I guess, talked about, I didn't see this part because I was kind of skipping. She talked about her family and how she grew up in a house, a lot of yelling, and she doesn't want her family to be like that, which is good that she realizes that. I guess her dad was an alcoholic. I don't know, man. Oh, she also talked about, obviously, I forgot to mention this, that she talked about MTV. And as of now, she's like not back on Teen Mom, but wasn't saying she wasn't coming back. She's like, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. When people are like, are you going to be back on Teen Mom too? She's like, I don't have an answer. Uh, apparently she's in talks with some other networks. Like, I can't believe she hasn't already gotten on Marriage Boot Camp Family Edition or what other shit. Like, they should put, like, Janelle, Barbara, and her sister Ashley on Marriage Boot Camp Family Edition. I would love that. Like, WeTV doesn't give a fuck if they, if, uh, what's it called? If people protest over that dog, they're like, fucking bring it. More people talking about us. thrilling. I really am definitely, like, I would look forward to seeing Janelle on, like, a Z-list reality show. I think she would do well, especially if she just, like, flipped out. Speaking of marriage boot camp, um, there's been some stuff going on with Amber. I can't remember if I talked about this, but there's not a lot of information out there about it. But Amber apparently is, has a court date, like, Maybe she added today. I didn't see any updates about it uh, regarding a urine analysis she took in December, a UA, a drug test, uh, which to me means she probably failed it because why else would you have a court date about a drug test unless you failed it? And her lawyer submitted a motion to withdraw as her attorney because attorneys aren't just allowed to like quit on somebody if they are in an active court case. Like, if I was just doing your estate documents, I could be like, I don't want to be your lawyer anymore. Here's everything I have of yours. But if they're, like, in court, in active litigation or court case, uh, they have to get permission from the judge to no longer be the lawyer. And I guess her lawyer wants out. Or maybe she's trying to fire her lawyer. Although, I think if she fired the lawyer, I don't know. But there's an issue going on with her lawyer. She has to go to court. I would be very interested to see if she violates probation. I mean, I shouldn't be rooting for it, but the drama of Amber violating her probation and possibly getting a jail sentence is drama I can really sink my teeth into. I don't know how to describe this because I don't think it's correct. I want to say that there's less victims involved in this because, like, she's not really in her children's lives. So they won't be that affected by her having to go to jail. Although that's like fucked up of me to say because I'm sure that would be really upsetting for Leah. Even though I don't think Leah really sees Amber that much. I just think it would be like in her mentally upsetting. Like knowing that Amber was going back to jail. I wonder if they would bring Leah to visit Amber. Because they didn't last time if you would remember. But she was also like a baby. And I guess Gary didn't want her visiting the prison, although I don't personally agree with that. I do think that prison is a place to bring children, which I know sounds crazy. And it's not maybe like the most happy environment for a child. But I do think it's incredibly important for the incarcerated to still be able to have bonds 
with their children and as much as is reasonable, you know, that's not how I'm saying it, as reasonably possible as it is for the non-incarcerated parent or guardian to bring the child to the incarcerated parent, I think that that should be done and encouraged. Uh, recidivism rates are much lower for people that have supportive and connected family ties. And I think that like if, you know, I wonder if maybe Amber and Leah would be a little different. I mean, that's not true. I was going to say, I wonder if Amber and Leah would have a different relationship if Leah went to visit Amber regularly when she was in prison. <sighs> but I don't, I, that probably wouldn't have mattered. But at the same time, Amber was like away from her child for almost a full year and a half which is a long fucking time in a five, a four to five year old's life, uh, important bonding time. And I don't know. I just wonder if maybe things would be different. And I do wonder if Amber was to go to prison, although I'm sure she won't. If she, let's say she did like fail one drug test, like I really would be shocked if they violated her back to prison. Like that would be, that would be pretty extreme, especially if she has substance abuse issues and like owns up to having substance abuse issues, they would most likely order her to uh, just like a more supervised probation level, which would be more drug tests, drug courts. Um, I know people that are, they're not on drug court, but every single day they have to call like the probation line between 5 and 8 a.m. And if they're like, they, you get a color assignment and if your color is card, like, you have to immediately go on for a drug test. So it's still, like, a pretty, it's, like, a pretty high level of supervision. Uh, it's, like, higher than just, like, a standard random drug test situation. And I wouldn't be surprised if they moved her to something like that or they did move her to drug court. The difference between that and drug court is that drug court is, like, multiple times a week drug tests. You have to do a certain amount of classes and meetings and there's just like a lot, a lot, a lot of conditions. It's really hard. Drug court's really difficult. Um, but yeah, so I would be, I'm going to be interested to see how Amber's court case plays out. Um, I'm definitely still watching to see if there are any updates in her custody hearings, but we haven't heard anything about that. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it for everything that happened this week. And I just realized at the beginning of the episode, I forgot to tell you guys that I'm going to talk about a throwback episode today. Uh, I decided I didn't feel like watching and talking about Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. Because, like I said, I like Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, but I find it a little hard to talk about. Or, like, when it's the only show to talk about. And then I was planning on watching a throwback and Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. But then I forgot I had brunch plans tomorrow before I go to D.C., so I can't record tomorrow, so I couldn't watch two episodes tonight. You know, it's just like a whole thing. So I'm watching Team Mom 2 Season 5B, which, by the way, Amazon seems to finally have split up into A and B seasons, which is nice uh, because they were not doing that before. And it was all like by volume and Team Mom 2 and OG were to get, I don't know, it was a fucking mess. But it's Team Mom 2 Season 5B episode, I have to check. <laughs> Okay, sorry about that. It's Teen Mom 2, Season 5B, Episode 8, Cabin Fever. And I'm going to recap that right after a quick break. Okay, so let me set the stage of where everybody is 
in season 5B. Janelle is heavily pregnant. She's less than a month away from giving birth to Kaiser. Javi went away for a month, I guess, to training because it wasn't boot camp because Lincoln was already born and they lived in Delaware. And I believe he went to boot camp before Lincoln was born. Yeah, and he like wasn't getting back from boot camp. They didn't really say where he was, but they had just moved to Delaware. Isaac is about four. Lincoln is a baby baby. Uh, Kale's nursing him in this episode. Chelsea and Adam are broken up. She is Chelsea that's like lost the weight and she has the red hair, but she has not started dating Cole yet. I guess she meets Cole like after this season is filming. Who else is on the show? Leah. Leah and Jeremy have just gotten married. They are still kind of happy. And this is when she was fighting with Corey a lot about medical bills and Allie getting her wheelchair. So that's where we are in the world of Teen Mom for this episode. And I'm going to start with Leah, actually, because this one was really interesting for me to watch. I kind of forgot how much Leah and Corey used to fight about money. I think it's interesting because we've kind of reached a point on this show where, like, money isn't a thing anymore. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? We just, like, don't talk about money unless it's, like, Joe taking Gale for child support. Like, we would never hear Leah and Corey fighting about money over child support for the girls anymore. But they are having issues. This is when Allie was waiting on her wheelchair and Corey's insurance was, like, be really annoying about it. I would say Leah seemed mostly not high in this episode. There was one scene where I was like, "Mm, she seems out of it. But also... I will say, sometimes I wonder when I'm watching these old episodes, if I think that Leah's high in scenes where she's just stupid. (laughs) That's, I understand that that is like a terrible thing to say. Like, that's not a nice thing to say. But sometimes I'm like, is this bitch high? And then I realize like, maybe that's just how she talks. And like, she can't really put a sentence together. Nothing she says really makes sense. It's not because she's high. She's just dumb. (laughs) So Leah and Jeremy are living in an apartment and they go to look at trailers to buy and they are like measuring and making sure that her wheelchair will fit. It's so interesting to me to watch how adamant Leah was about this wheelchair and how Allie was going to use this wheelchair and how Allie needed this wheelchair considering basically how reluctant uh, Leah's been to enforce Allie's wheelchair use. I think that in her head she thought like Allie would get this wheelchair and like everything would be better maybe and then I don't think she realized like how hard it would actually be but they go and look at trailers and they can't really find one that works for them so they put that off she facetimes with a friend i think it was her friend kayla and she's i guess so they got like a temporary wheelchair that the girls broke (laughs) oh yeah 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 and at this point remember this is like pre like major pill addiction so leah still had the girls most of the time and apparently Corey, the agreement is that Corey will pay 60% of the medical bills. I was a little confused by what she was saying. So first she's like, well, Corey's supposed to pay 60% of the medical bills, which seems reasonable to me. Uh, And then she says, and he's supposed to pay me $800 a month in child support, which like, okay, he's paying her child support, but they're essentially splitting the medical bills. And I guess 60% makes sense because 
uh, he's on that cover, like it's on his health insurance. So it makes sense, at least in my head, that he would like pay a little bit more. She said, but because the medical bills were high, she like like dropped down and agreed to let him pay two hundred dollars a month in child support as long as he was paying the medical bills. But I couldn't understand if she meant like as long as Corey pays all of the medical bills, then he only has to pay $200 in child support. Or if she just like meant as long as he pays the 60%, then he only has to pay me $200. But apparently he is like not paying the bills. They didn't really explain why he's not paying the bills. And Leah is rightfully pissed. Um, Also, I was a little confused about like how their model of child support worked because she said, like, well, he's supposed to be doing this, but usually, like, you're, you know, like, if you have a court-ordered child support plan, like, you're not allowed to just, like, make a side agreement, um, and it's stupid if you're the one that is paying to sit back and make a side agreement, uh, saying that, like, well, you don't have to pay that much because then at any point, like, the person who's supposed to be receiving it could turn around and be like, well, he's not paying the amount he's supposed to be paying, and, like, if a court orders you to pay a certain amount like you and the parent other parent aren't just like allowed to agree on a separate amount like this is a court order that must be followed um and I guess if the court never tracks it or finds out it's fine but like if you want to lower if the both the parents agree on a lower amount then they need to go to court and modify that so I was like a little confused as to what exactly Leah was saying and Lee's mad and she wants to go see her lawyer. How does she say her law? <laughs> I was going to say her lawler. No, she says lawyer in that like heavy, heavy, heavy Southern accent. <sighs> and she keeps saying she wants Allie's medical rights. And I was like really confused by what she meant by this. This is a problem with Leah that it's always been a problem the whole time we've known Leah. That Leah says things that don't make sense to me. <laughs> And she says that with a confidence that's, like, disarming to me. Because she's like, I should just have her medical rights. And I'm like, what the fuck are medical rights? Like, it's just a very bizarre way to, like, to say, at least in my opinion, what she was trying to say. Although I could be the idiot here. And that could be the correct phrase to use. But I think what she was trying to say was that she wants to be the one that is allowed to make sole decision. Like, she wants sole decision-making rights uh, for Allie's medical care, which is a big, big ask, uh, especially when you have two children together and you're not asking for both of them, especially when you're not asking for, I don't know. It's just a big ask. Uh, and I was like, she's like, well, I need the medical rights so I can talk to the insurance company. And I'm like, what? Like, what? how would Leah having medical rights over... Allie make it so that insurance is better but then at the end of the episode she's talking to Jeremy and they say that if she gets medical rights they can put Allie on Jeremy's health insurance which made sense I guess um to me what doesn't make sense is if if Corey is having trouble paying the medical bills and they are not agreeing on medical bill stuff why wouldn't Leah just approach him and be like hey Jeremy has really good insurance in the pipeline. Like, why don't we just put Allie on Jeremy's insurance? And then you don't have to carry that insurance. You don't even have to worry about it. Like, I don't see why 
Corey wouldn't have agreed to that. In the end, obviously, it's good that that didn't happen <laughs> because Jeremy would have not been able to carry Allie after they got divorced. But Leah just kept saying that she needed the medical rights. She needed the medical rights. And this is when she was, like, wanting Corey to call the insurance company every day to, like, hassle them about the wheelchair and... <sighs> In one scene, she's talking to her friend, and she just seems really high. But like I said, I just don't know if she's stupid. So we find out that Corey and Leah had a huge fight about this. And I'm pissed because I'm like, why wouldn't we see this on camera? And she was like, I just went and called my lawyer because he, you know, he's like really fucking us. He's taking from his children. And like she had some good points where she's like, you know, he's getting raises. He's getting a new job. He remodeled his house. He got a new truck. But, like, he's not giving me support for the kids. And remember, like, Corey is still, like, fully on Team Mom in this at this point. And Miranda's on Team Mom getting a paycheck from Team Mom. So, yeah, I'd be pissed, too, if I was Leah and hearing that, like, my baby dad is, like, buying a new truck and remodeling his house. But, like, isn't keeping up with the medical bills. So, we see a scene of Corey and Miranda talking about this. And... Whoo! Corey is like full on a men's right advocate in this scene. It's like not, it's really not good. Corey's like, she shouldn't go to court. I'm just trying to do what I have to do to provide. I'm going to be punished for making more money. I was like, yikes, yikes, yikes. <laughs> He's like, the system is broken. Child support is broken. Ooh, it, what? Corey did not come off well in this episode, which is why I kind of like, not kind of, it's why I liked watching it, because I do like to watch these older older episodes and see, like, especially I would say some of the dads that we now, like, hold up as heroes come off poorly. I think that's interesting. I think it's good to remember that, like, at least for me, who has been, like, pretty anti-Leah lately, it's good for me to remember that, like, Corey's not perfect, although I still very much side with Corey and Miranda, on that little reunion rant Leah went on, and I'm thrilled to see that play out next season. I did like seeing this, that Corey obviously, not that I ever thought Corey was perfect, but it was a good reminder that at one point, like, Leah was in the right about some things. <laughs> in her life, Leah has been in the right. <laughs> uh, so Leah goes and sees her lawyer and explains it to Jeremy in a way that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Basically, they get a de facto parenting plan. And I was like, what does that have to do with child support? <laughs> and Jeremy says a line that really kills me. He goes, you know, I know men who are making less than that, but they're getting grilled by their ex-old ladies for more than a grand a month. <laughs> they're ex-old ladies. <laughs> Old lady is just like a funny expression for girlfriend or ex-wife or for wife or whatever. So to hear someone call somebody an ex-old lady is really quite funny. Uh, Jeremy's happy they're taking them to court. And, like, I forgot how bad it got between Jeremy, Leah, and Corey and how Jeremy really, like, instigated a lot of drama with Leah and Corey. Remember the fight about, like, his shorts? <laughs> I really wish that I could just, like, have a way to watch all these episodes and like speed reading but watching so I could like remember all of these little fights that they had and have them go back in my brain but not actually have to sit down and binge watch them because as I've talked about first of all 
I don't think Teen Mom in general is a good binge-watching show, but I actually have realized I don't like binge-watching most reality TV because it's just too repetitive, and Teen Mom is definitely that way. So yeah, that was a fun trip down memory lane for Leah. Lee and Jeremy got along swimmingly in this episode. We didn't even see Addie or really any of the girls. The kids are so little and cute in this episode, by the way. It's when they're all like four, which is so fucking cute. All right, let's talk about Chelsea's episode. I mean, it was fine. I would say Chelsea was peak annoying in this episode. She was doing her like most extreme baby voice. Um, Oh, in the beginning of this episode, she's wearing what at least on my TV looked to be now. I believe I bought the standard definition version of this because I, well, I always do. When I, when you buy stuff on Amazon, you can buy like the SD or the HD and I almost always buy the SD because it's like a dollar cheaper and like, what do I care about HD? But if they had the HD version of this available, I should have bought it because this episode looks like shit on my TV. Like, did not look good. And Chelsea is wearing what appears to be bright orange lipstick. Now, her hair is the red, of course, but it's like growing in and her roots aren't done. <laughs> it looks really, really bad. Um, We're coming off Adam getting arrested in the previous episode. And Chelsea Grace comes over and I guess Donna and Chelsea had gotten into a huge fight the episode beforehand because Chelsea had to find out Adam was arrested from uh, Twitter, I would imagine. And she was like, what the fuck to Donna? Like, why wouldn't you tell me that? Which is totally fair. And I guess Donna apologized to Chelsea, which is nice to hear. Um, As I've said, like, I've never been on Team Donna's evil. I think Donna is in a complicated situation. And they find out that Adam has a new girlfriend already. She knows this because Aubrey came home talking about Jessica. (laughs) So Chelsea texted Adam and was like, do you seriously have a new girlfriend named Jessica? And Adam's like, well, why do you give a fuck? And she's like, can you just not introduce like somebody new to Aubrey? Which Chelsea's 100% right. She's like, I don't understand, you know, telling Chelsea Grace, I don't understand why he has her for two days. And in those two days, he can't like not bring his new girlfriend around her, which of course is right. And then Chelsea Grace is like, well, do you think Taylor knows? And Chelsea's like, uh, yeah, Taylor knows. Because every time Taylor and Anna breaks up, she texts me and is like, uh, I'm so sad. And you know what? I'm so sorry that I posted those pictures of Aubrey because now I understand what it's like for somebody else to po- post pictures of your kids. And Chelsea Grace is like, ugh. And Chelsea's like, I don't give a fuck about Taylor, what Taylor has to say. Like, fuck you, Taylor. I don't want to be your friend. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> like, I forgot, like, how fucking rude Chelsea was about Taylor. And she was like, it's a little too late. And I'm like, she's trying to apologize and explain to you that she didn't understand the position that you were in. But now that she has her own daughter that is, like, going through exactly what you went through with Aubrey, she's, like, trying to say sorry and let you know that you were right. And Chelsea's like, fuck her. This is what I mean by Chelsea being at peak annoying. Chelsea Grace says, well, you know, let's hope he doesn't get her pregnant because, like, how many, um, 
like siblings and like does an air quote like she she like stumbles over the word siblings because she isn't sure what to call these potential children of Adam. She goes, so like how many other uh like siblings whatever you want to call them is Aubrey going to have? <laughs> I forgot about that. And Chelsea, like, isn't like, well, yeah, they'd be her siblings. <laughs> because remember, and I think we all know that Chelsea does not consider Paisley to be Aubrey's sister. I think that we all know that for a fact. I think that Chelsea was never happier in her entire life than when Paisley got adopted. Because then it means <laughs> that Aubrey and Paisley are no longer sisters in her mind like, we even heard at the reunion when Dr. Drew was like, do you guys get Aubrey and Paisley together? And she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, we should, but no. I don't mean to laugh because it's actually very sad for Aubrey. Um, and I don't think anybody would deny that, like, of course, Aubrey is most likely going to be closer with the siblings that she grows up in the same home with and is, like, part of a family unit with. But I think it's, like, very sad that Taylor and Chelsea aren't making a greater effort for Aubrey and Paisley to be close. I mean, they live in the same town-ish area, I think. I mean, they live in the same state. <laughs> As far as we know, they live close to one another. And yes, Taylor has been, or excuse me, Paisley's been adopted and they're no longer, I was going to say they're no longer legally siblings, but like, you're not legally siblings with anybody because there's no like legal obligations between siblings. Well, I guess that's not true because like if both my parents died, right, and I died, <laughs> then my brother would inherit my estate because he's my next of kin. Like, assuming that I died without a will and had no husband or kids, um, then my brother would be my next of kin. So in that situation, um, I wonder if Aubrey still counts as Paisley's sibling, like legal sibling, as far as estates go? Huh, I guess not. So maybe that is where, like, legality comes into play, <laughs> that they may not be legally siblings, but of course they're still biologically siblings, and I think it's a shame that they're not part of each other's lives, even if they have other siblings that they live in the home with, because I think Taylor has another baby with her new husband, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, Chelsea says, all I care about is my situation, bitch, about Taylor. <laughs> We get a cute little scene of Aubrey at the zoo with Adam. It is, like, very sad to watch a four-year-old Aubrey, like, pal around with Adam and Paisley because, like, she obviously loves them both like a four-year-old does. And it's just sad, like, to think that she doesn't even really see her dad anymore at all. Oh, well, I guess he comes to her school for lunch. That's good, I guess. I don't know. I know a lot of people want Adam to be, like, totally out of the picture and I understand that like either be all in or be all out mentality like I do get that but by all accounts Aubrey quite likes her dad coming to school lunch Chelsea as we all know Chelsea is like trying to get Aubrey to say that she doesn't want Adam to come but she never says that and he comes to some of her sports games and it's just sad it's just really sad for Aubrey and like to see four-year-old Aubrey 
play around with Adam, who's already such a shit dad, but she doesn't know it yet, is quite depressing. Um, Chelsea and two of her friends, Chelsea, Grace, and Tiffany. Tiffany, who came back around this season, I noticed, um, go to Chelsea's dad's cabin for the night, and there's, like, a scene of them going out to, like, this bar, and they're like, nobody here is young. And it's like, yeah, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, what did you expect? And Chelsea's like, do you love it when I'm having fun? And, like, we're supposed to be watching Chelsea gets her groove back, which is quite silly. And her friends are like, I cannot wait for her to start dating and to meet someone. So I think she meets Cole, like, very shortly after this. Um, Which, you know, like, good for her. I've always said, like, there's nothing wrong with Cole and Chelsea. You know? Like... There's nothing inherently wrong with them. Like, it's good that they're together and they're happy. Like, I am i don't hate on that. I just don't find them compelling TV characters. I did like Chelsea being, like, a total bitch in this episode. Like, she was such a bitch and it really brought me joy. Like, hearing Chelsea Grace say that Paisley was not one of uh, Aubrey's siblings basically imply that, like, was great. By the way... Adam getting a vasectomy was, like, such an incredibly mature choice. I still can't believe he did that. It was probably, like, the one mature decision he's ever made in his entire life. Like, you got to commend somebody for that. (laughs) Okay. I have something extremely rude to say about Kaylin Hoffey. Never have you seen a more physically mismatched couple than Kaylin Hoffey. I don't quite know how to describe it, but I had a visceral reaction to seeing them together on my screen. I don't know why. They looked so bad together, I, like, recoiled. (laughs) I think it's because Javi is, like, and he wasn't, like, bulky yet. Like, he was so little. And I don't really think Kale is, like, particular. I know she gets called, like, Hulk and shit like that, like, I don't think she's particularly big at all, but next to Javi in these, she looks kind of like, I don't know, like his teacher. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but they look crazy together. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so Javi's been gone for a month and Kale's been home with the kids. And in this time is when Kale's mom popped back up. She was in the previous episode and Kale is at a friend's house, some old woman who we I don't think we ever saw again. And Kale's basically describing, like, yeah, I mean, it was, like, nice that she was there, but now she's not here, and this is, like, what she does. Like, she gets sober, and she comes around for a little bit, and we talk, and things are good, and then she disappears. And she's like, my walls are up. I just can't, like, go through that. And I believe it was during this time when she left baby Lincoln alone with Susie. Do you guys remember this? That she, without telling Javi, let Susie babysit Lincoln and she came home or went to pick him up and uh, Susie was drunk, which is sad. And I guess do you, she like told Javi on a reunion. Do you remember that? Like Javi didn't know. <laughs> like found out on TV, I believe, which is classic. Also, like, Javi and Kale, like, already should be divorced at this point because Kale's describing to her friend, she's like, 
Well, Javi and I were having a lot of issues before he left, and hopefully this time away will make him appreciate everything that I do for him. I was like, yikes, they stay married for like another year and a half after this. Maybe even two years. Oh, they never should have gotten married. Truly, one of the worst couples in Team Mom history is Kale and Javi. And I know that sounds in, like insane to say, but I think the real reason that I say this, the real reason, that doesn't make sense. I think the reason I say this is because, like, yeah, it's easy to say, like, Chelsea and Adam were a terrible couple. And uh, David and Janelle are, and David and, or Jan- David and Nathan, I wish, ugh. That would be the ending that I deserve is if David and Nathan start dating. God, that would be so good. Um, It's like obvious to say like these abusive, terrible couples are obviously the worst, but there's something so particularly bad about Kale and Hobby. And I think it's because outward appearance wise, they were like quite a normal, traditional, I'm using that in quotes, couple and like. Kale was, like, pretty successful with this TV show and, uh, like, a good mom. I mean, is she a good mom now? I don't know. We could debate forever if Kale is a good mom. It's, like, well, first of all, she doesn't, like, vaccinate her kids. So, like, that's fucked up. Um, But, like, let's take that out of the equation. I think that Kale is not a bad mom. I think Kale is doing the best she can to parent. uh, But her, like whatever mental health issues she has going on that caused her to have such bad and violent domestic, like, issues really are going to have a long-term impact on her kids. But I don't know if bad parent is, like, the correct way to describe or the fair way to describe Kale. When I think of bad parent, I think of, like, Janelle. Like, Janelle, who is a bad parent, or Amber, who is a bad parent, um, I think there are more of these in-between parents, like Aaliyah or Kale, who from the outside are decent parents, but have these circumstances that definitely negatively affect their kids, but at the same time, nobody is perfect. I don't know, guys. It's hard to say. Kale, like, is a conundrum for me. It's hard for me to pin down, like, all of my thoughts and feelings on Kale. I think it really depends on my mood. Anyway, Kale and Javi, like I said, from the outside were a couple that seemingly made sense. We, they seemed, they were, like, one of the first grown-up couples on Teen Mom. As in, like, they, you know, they didn't come on to the show together, so they weren't, like, in a teen relationship. And they lived, like, adults, as in, like, Javi had a career, they, like, moved to a new state together and bought a house and, like, had nice cars and, like, Kale was, like, a stay-at-home mom with her kids. And they lived, like, a pretty adult life, even though they were, like, 22, if that, in this episode, like, honestly, maybe 21. And so, from the outside, I feel like they seemed normal-ish, but from the inside, they were, like, so mismatched from the very, very beginning, and them ever getting married was just so crazy. So, yes. Um, it's the day to pick up Javi, and Kale is obviously happy, and she has a little baby Lincoln, who, by the way, is, like, three months old in this episode, and already has, like, the exact face that he has today. <laughs> like, it was crazy to see his exact little face. 
And she has to go pick up Isaac from school. And Isaac has a complete meltdown tantrum. I guess he wants her to pick him up. And she won't because he's, like, screaming and having a fit. And so he flips out even more. So instead of just driving right to the airport, she's like, go home. And this I was honestly, like, so impressed with. Like, first she puts him in timeout. He's still having a meltdown. She is literally breastfeeding Lincoln. Like, she has Lincoln on her boob and takes Isaac by the hand and brings him upstairs and shuts the door away from the camera and, like, has him, like, calm down and makes him apologize for how he was acting. And, like, it was – this is what I mean by, like, I just can't fully label Kale as a bad parent. I think Kale makes a lot of bad choices as a parent and is, like, having a lot of negative impact on her children. But I don't think at her core she's a bad parent. I think that she is – like, quite a good parent in a lot of ways. And seeing her in this scene, like, she's literally nursing a child on one boob and then holding it with one hand. And then her other hand is, like, walking Isaac upstairs so that she can, like, punish, not punish him, but, like, have a talk with him about this meltdown and, like, calm him down and get to the bottom of it. Like, that was some boss shit. Finally, they go to pick up Javi. She's, like, two hours late getting there. (laughs) Poor Javi had to wait two hours, but she was like, I'm, like, really proud of myself. That was the first time that the kid, and, oh, of course, Lincoln was, like, screaming because Isaac was screaming and he was hungry. And she's like, this is, like, the first time that I, like, dealt with both kids having a meltdown and I did good. When, I think part of the reason also that these Kale and Javi are so, like, make me recoil when I see them together is I've, like... Never seen less of a sexual chemistry between two people. Like, Kale, like, runs up to him and gives him a kiss, and it's, like, two siblings kissing. (laughs) That's the only way I just can describe it. They look... It's just, like, the most platonic thing you've ever seen in your entire life. By the way, there's no update on Kale and the pregnancy. Chris did get arrested this week. As I mentioned, there was a warrant out for him, but he got bailed out. That's it. There's not like they still haven't said anything. I mean, I assume Kale is pregnant. Like she hasn't denied it, but she also hasn't confirmed it. So I don't know what's going on with Kale. I think she's pregnant, but we still haven't found out. So yeah, that was Kale and Javi. I would like if you watch this episode, like you let me know how you feel about it. Not great. Not great with Kale and Javi. All right, let's talk about our girl, Jenny. Janelle, Janelle, Janelle. Janelle is, as I said, heavily pregnant. And her and Barb are, like, really in classic form. In the episode before this, it's when Barbara and Nate get into, like, that huge fight. And in this episode, they, like, make up. But, of course, there's more fighting. And this is one of, I believe, the first episodes where we start to see... Not that there's, like, a problem with Jace, but that Jace is having behavioral issues. I believe this is before uh, the cursing, like, the extreme cursing. Remember when he used to say fuck, like, in every sentence? (laughs) But Barbara's letting us know that Jace kicks her and hits her and breaks stuff. And at school, he's really bad. And it's just sad. And Janelle keeps saying, like... He doesn't do this at my house. He doesn't do this at my house. And it's like, yeah, because you're his babysitter. Um, Kids are always much better with babysitters than they are with their parent. 
and it's because they act out where they feel more comfortable. You know, I babysat for a long time, and I probably should start babysitting again. I could always use some more cash. Anyway, <laughs> I was always really good at getting kids to go to bed when I babysat, and parents would be like, oh my god, like, how did you get them to do that? And I'd be like, honestly, like, it, like nothing, I didn't do anything special. It's just like for a babysitter, they like listen to the rules and do what they're supposed to do. And for a parent, they don't. Like when I babysit, I'd be like, okay, we're going to go to bed in like 15 minutes. We're going to watch one more segment of Paw Patrol. Then we'll go in and I'll read you two books. And then I'm going to leave the room and you're going to go to bed. And they would because it's just like they don't care to act out with a babysitter as much. And Janelle doesn't realize that. Um, which is sad, and I think she probably still doesn't totally realize it. Barb makes a comment that she had to shut all her windows because she was screaming at Jace so much that she didn't want somebody to call the police on her, which, like, she laughs about, but I think it's, like, kind of the truth. We know how much Barb screams. We know she's a yeller. It's honestly very depressing to me. Uh, I don't know. I just feel so sad for Jace in this episode really made me feel extra sad for him because it was like quite a reminder of how hard it probably is to live with Barbara and then your mom is Janelle. (laughs) Also, I wonder how often Janelle has seen Jace because how far away is Nashville from Wilmington? Well, I don't think Barbara lives like right in Wilmington, but in the Wilmington area. Hold on, I'm going to Google. Oh, shit. Google just told me it's nine and a half hours. (laughs) I, okay, in my head, I have no, first of all, I have no sense of geography. I don't really understand totally where Tennessee is. (laughs) I thought they'd be like two to three hours away from each other. She's living 10 hours away from Jace. What the fuck? I mean, honestly, like, let's all be real. It's probably not bad for Jace, you know, because then he's only having to see her maybe like once a month. Barb is flying with him. Do you fly? I mean, you must fly, right? That's fucking, that's far. That's like a full, if you were driving, you would need like five days to go so that you could have enough time there before turning around. Oh my God. That's like as far as fucking Nate lives from Kaiser. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) I'm having a real moment. I, I don't think anybody on Reddit or online has pointed out how far away Nashville is from Wilmington. Now, it's also possible I just looked at the wrong thing on Google and somebody's going to comment and be like, Liz, it's three hours. And like, I hope that I just read that wrong and that I'm not correct. But I don't know. Maybe I don't hope. Maybe like it's for the best. He just sees Jace like every, she just sees Jace like every once in a while and it's when Barbara brings him. Probably a fucking relief for Jace after having to go to the land with David for the last three years or however long it's been. But yeah, so this episode just made me feel so sad for Jace because Barb is so stretched thin, she can't handle it, and Jace has behavioral issues. Uh, In this episode, Janelle gets divorced. It's the official episode where she gets divorced, like, mazel tov to Janelle. Can't wait to see her do it again. (laughs) And Barbara and Janelle have a girl's day, and they go to a spa, and they get facials and massages, and I'm quite, quite jealous. And then they get their nails done. And when they're getting their nails done, Janelle's like, I just really think, like, Jay should come live with us. And Barb is like, well, you know, you are doing, like, a lot better in the last six months. It's like, I've really 
seen you grow and mature and I'm really proud of you, but Jace can't come and live with you because of how much you and Nate fight. And Janelle's like, what? Like, Nate and I, like, don't fight anymore. And Barb was like, you called me last week at 2 o'clock in the morning crying hysterically because you had a fight. And Janelle goes, that was, like, the only time in, like, the last three months that we've done this. (laughs) Oh, Janelle is awful. By the way, I meant to say in her Q&A that I talked about at the beginning of the episode, there is such a lack of accountability for so much stuff that's going on in her life, as always. And she talks about Barb. I forgot to mention this. And she says, like, well, you know, somebody's like, how do you, how are you and Barb getting along? And she's like, well, it's like the same as always. When my mom's in a good mood, we get along. When she's in a bad mood, we don't get along. It just all depends on her mood. And it's just so interesting how Janelle manages to completely remove herself from the narrative of her and Barb's relationship. And while I do believe that they are dysfunctional because of the way that Barbara raised Janelle and that at the root cause of their terrible relationship is that Janelle still has so much hurt and anger for how Barbara was as a mother, but Janelle's almost 30 years old now. Like, it's time for her to take some accountability, and we've also watched fucking 10 seasons of Janelle being, like, awful to Barb, even when it's uncalled for. And Janelle says in the video, she says something like, you know, sometimes she wants to bring up something I don't want to talk about, and then we fight. And it's like, yeah, that's on you. (laughs) And we can all picture exactly what that means. I'm sure she says something like, well, have you talked to David? And then Janelle starts screaming at her, like, why would you mention David? And all Barbara is trying to do is ask the question. Now, I'm not saying that, like, Barb doesn't have a part in this, too, and I'm sure it does some days depend on Barb's mood and how Barb is feeling, if she's going to be nice to Janelle or not. But Janelle, like, totally removing herself from any responsibility, and she kind of did it with Nate, too, when she was like, you know, we're not getting along well because he likes me and I don't want to be with him, and, like, just taking no accountability, and I think that's going to be a problem for Janelle for her entire life, is that she has a very hard time ever seeing her part. And I think that that's whatever mental health issues that she has, it really manifests in her like complete inability to see the larger picture, to see how like her choices, to see how her behavior affects everybody around her. You know, she just, like, blew up her life, which, like, good for her that she blew up her life. But the fact that she can't see that that, like, creates tensions in her relationships with people around her just shows, like, how messed up she is, basically. Um, So there is a scene of Nate and Janelle discussing what they're going to give the baby's middle, like, what they're going to name Kaiser's middle name. I believe they ended up picking Orion. Anison? No. Anison? Isn't that that YouTuber guy? <laughs> I think they picked Orion. But at this point, Janelle says she wants to name him his middle name Abel. And Nate starts talking about the story of Cain and Abel in the Bible. And Janelle and I both, like, totally glaze over. Janelle goes, yeah, I know. And I'm like, no, you don't. Because I don't know either. And I think Janelle and I have about the same level of biblical knowledge. <laughs> I understand who Cain and Abel are as a concept in that I understand Cain and Abel exist. (laughs) But I don't understand any more of them. I believe Nate said that they were Adam's first children, which I definitely didn't know. 
Is that right? I'm going to Google this real quick. Nate was right. Cain and Abel were Adam and Eve's first children. (laughs) When he started talking about the Bible, I was like, oh my God. There is nothing I want to hear less than Nate ever talking about religion. (laughs) I wish they had named him Kaiser Abel. (laughs) That sounds so bad. Ay, 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 ay. So this episode ends with Bar Janelle like ending up at Barb's house and she's laying on her couch and they get into this huge fight about the way that Barb treats Jace. Um, Janelle says that Barb really favors Gabriel because she can't handle Jace and that once again she says like Jace never ever acts out at my house because he has some room to move around. Oh, I forgot to mention this in the nail salon scene. Janelle said part of the reason that Jace will not behave badly at her house is because you'll have a male father figure there which like (sighs) Janelle that's not how it works so they get into this huge fight about the way that Barbara treats Jace and Barbara just starts yelling you're bipolar you're bipolar Janelle's like I'm not bipolar call my doctors I have a panic disorder I'm not bipolar and then suddenly Barb's like Oh, okay, but you act bipolar. It's so bizarre, this interaction. Also, Janelle, rem- I remember once she tweeted that she had, in- she said she wasn't bipolar. Her diagnosis was she has anxiety caused by other people, which I think about a lot. <laughs> so she says that Jace tells her that Meme favors Gabe. Gabriel and always blames Gabriel for everything and then okay Janelle says something that I believe to be true and was really really sad she said that Jace came to her and said I broke Meme's table and I lied to her about it because I was scared she was gonna yell at me and Janelle said that he told me that because he knew I wouldn't yell at him and that He lies to you because he's scared of you yelling. And I know he's telling the truth because I did the same thing when I was a kid. And as somebody myself who grew up with a parent that yelled, I could definitely relate to that. I know I lied a lot because I was like so terrified of getting in trouble with my dad and what his reactions would be. And I think that's very common in children. Now, I think at that time, Janelle probably didn't really ever yell at Jace because she just like didn't have a need to yell at him because she was rarely, like, spending any individual time parenting him. Not even parenting, like, babysitting him. And when she did, like, he would just come to her house. They would, like, play video games and, like, run around. And it's just one kid. He's not interacting with other any other kids. So there probably really wasn't a need to yell at him, although Jace heard Janelle screaming at everybody else in her life. But it just really made me sad for Janelle I mean, it's possible she was lying and just, like, saying Jace said something that she felt and was her reality, but I personally think that she was telling the truth, and I've always thought that Barb is, like, a crazy yeller and that it had to be having a negative impact on Jace, because how could it not? And we saw how it affected Janelle, and I just don't believe that Barb doesn't scream at Jace the same way that she screams at Janelle. And in this fucking episode, she said that she had to shut her windows because she was screaming so much. Now she might have been making a joke, but I think that was, you know, there was a truth to it. And I just don't believe that somebody can scream so much at somebody and, like, not also do it to their kids. 
I don't like I just think that's impossible, which is why I'm sure Janelle screams at Jace a lot now when he's at her house because there are like other kids and there's like ways for him to get in trouble and he's there more. And it's like, of course, Janelle screams at her kids because she screams at everyone else. And I think the same applies for Barbara. But hearing somebody say like, you know, your kid is lying to you because they're so scared of you yelling at them. is It's just sad. And I guess it was just like too close to home for me, you know. Uh, then Barbara says, well, I'm not going to have a four-year-old destroy my fucking house and all my things like you did as a kid. And that's when I knew, like, Janelle, this is why I know Janelle was kind of telling the truth in this scene, because Barb was basically like, well, yeah, I scream at you and I scream at Jace. And it's because he destroys things and it's his fault. And it just made me so sad. It just made me so sad that Janelle is living in this delusional world where, you know, everything is Barbara's fault. And, like, if Jace came to live with her, every single thing would be perfect. Barbara's living in this world where she has, like, extreme anger issues that are totally unchecked. And she has a very vulnerable child, well, too. I mean, God only knows what goes on with Gabriel. But he's not a character on the show, so we don't know. By the way, Gabriel's Ashley's son, Ashley being Ashley, <laughs> Ashley being Ashley, Ashley being Janelle's older sister. Sorry, guys. I feel like I've been misspeaking a lot in this episode, you know, it's just one of those nights. Um, but Gabriel's Janelle's nephew, who I believe at this point was living full time with Barb. I think he lives part time with Barb now. He's around. Jason Gabriel have grown up together as a siblings, basically. And I just, it just is so sad, like watching this scene and like the cycles and that like the generational abuse shit going on. That Janelle, in her crazy delusional mind, thinks that, like, if Jace just lives with her, like, there will be absolutely no problematic behavior and he's going to be some perfect child and she'll be a perfect mother. And just Barbara not having the emotional resources to give Jace the home he deserves. <sighs> it's just upsetting, guys. It's just really upsetting. Poor little Jacey. Poor Jace. I really, sometimes if I think too much about Jace... <laughs> It's just really sad. I just can't imagine living in a world where the only, like, parental figures in my life are Janelle and Barbara Evans and whatever guy Janelle happens to be with. That's a fucking bleak, bleak reality. Anyway, that's it for this week. Little episode a little bit on the shorter side, but as I said, this is the third episode this week. <laughs> So you got content, baby. Anyway, I hope everyone has a nice week and I will talk to you again soon. I'll definitely talk about Young and Pregnant. Well, I shouldn't say definitely. Like, you never know what's going to happen. But I will probably talk about Young and Pregnant again next week. Thanks for letting me do throwback episodes. They're quite fun. Okay, guys. Love you. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.